I'm Dale Zawada, and on this episode, March Murder Weapon Madness continues. Round number two, The Hateful Eight. Which four competitors are going to move on? Also on this episode, Slasherville presents Beetlejuice 2. We're going to pitch a sequel to Beetlejuice. I had all week to do it. That's going to be a fun one. But first, this is episode 31. Now, 31 is a magic number to me. It's a magic number here in Slasherville. Because to us, 31, that means Halloween. So it's only fitting we kick off the show talking a little Halloween ends. Two, two nuggets this week that really have me intrigued. The first one is they've officially wrapped filming on Halloween ends. They're done. A couple weeks ago, we mentioned that Jamie Lee Curtis was wrapped uh, for her scenes. And some of, some of us felt that was a little premature, kind of early in the process. Had everybody a buzz. We talked about it here on the show. What does it mean? Does she die? Is she barely in it? What does it mean? We'll find out. We'll find out. Um, so yeah, they're, they're finished wrapping uh, with Halloween ends. So I predict, what is this? Uh, March... Middle of March, beware the Ides of March. I'd say in April, we're probably going to get a teaser trailer. You know, a little 30-second thing, establishing shots. A little B-roll, some of that John Carpenter score. And, yeah, I think I think that's fine. They did that last year, you know, so I, I expect similar results this year. You know, we had that one teaser trailer that was just fucking shots of Haddonfield and then they showed Jamie Laurie Strode and her girls in the back of the pickup truck you know the fire department boys are driving the other way let it burn god fuck let it burn and then she forgets all about it when she gets to the hospital let's not even start with that they're done filming and that's exciting that's exciting so the posters are coming the trailers are coming and yeah, I, I'm excited to see this the ending to this new little trilogy here. Because I do enjoy it. Obviously, Halloween 2018 a lot better than Halloween Kills. The other nugget that I have for you this week uh, it comes in the form of a photograph. That's right, a nice beautiful picture for our audio podcast here. And I'll try to post this on our socials. Uh, but if I don't, you can go right to the source. There's an Instagram account called Halloween Fan Official. And they post a lot of behind-the-scenes pics and location stuff. I think they're just fans that live in the area where they're shooting the movie. And there was one picture that they just put out the other day that made me go, hmm. And when I go, hmm, that's a big reaction. That is a huge reaction for me. It's huge, huge reaction. I don't have a lot of react. No, I'm not even going to do Fuck him. Fuck that guy. I'm not even going to do the voice. Uh, but I saw a photo that just really fucking has my curiosity. And it is a picture of a billboard that exists in the fictional world of Haddonfield. And on this billboard, it's a missing poster. It says, missing Megan Baxter. And there's a photograph of Megan Baxter. Last seen on October 30th, 2021. 
please call Warren County Sheriff's Department 217-555, fake number. Does that not have your curiosity? Who the fuck is Megan Baxter? So now we got to take a little, a little dive here because last seen on October 30th, 2021. So is that the day before? So when the fuck is this movie happening? The first two, 2018 and Kills. Is that not 2020? Was that not Halloween Eve and Halloween 2020? You know what? We're gonna do this live on the show because I'll just fucking find it this way. Halloween 2018 takes place when? Really? On it, what? <laughs> on October 29th, 28th. Teen Michael Myers, who has been institutionalized at Smith's Grove for 40 years, is being prepared to transfer. So the first two movies happen over Halloween 2018. Guys, we have our answer. This movie takes place three years later, maybe four, because she's just been missing since 2021. Uh, at least three fucking years. I don't even know what to say. My mind is racing right now. What the? He's gonna be so old. He's gonna be so old. They're gonna beat each other to death with their canes. Holy shit. So what does this mean? Let's, let's break it down a little bit. Let me get that billboard back up. Last scene, October 30th, 2021. And obviously, it's got to be Michael-related. Otherwise, why does this billboard exist in this movie? They're, they're saying Michael got her. They're saying Michael killed this lady, Megan Baxter. Hashtag, where's Megan? I, I, I fucking can't. Why is she missing? He doesn't take people. He kills you, he stabs you up, and then he displays you. He goes, mm, I think that's going to scare the shit out of somebody when they walk into this room. Oh, you know what? I'll put her in the cupboard. <laughs> and then she'll fall. And, oh, that's great. I love that. It's a good prank. Oh, I want to be on Jackass. Where is she? Why is he taking people? What does that mean? All right, I'm going to stop just asking the same questions, but I'll tell you right now, when we're done with this podcast today, I'm going to be walking around my condo talking to my new rats. I got three new rats. They're very cute. I was going to be like, boys, what does it mean? What the fuck does this mean? Who's, who's Megan Baxter? Where is she? Boys, please tell me. All right. So that actually answers a lot because we knew that this film took place sometime after the first couple of films. And I, maybe we always knew it was two or three years and I just fucking forgot but this is pretty definitive. It's pretty definitive that it's three years later. So that explains some of the photographs of Laurie Strode, which I'm sure you can also find on Halloween Fan Official's uh, account. Uh, it's, it was a great follow. It's still a great follow. And Laurie Strode looks happy, and she's dressed nice, and all of this shit. 
she moved on with her life. I guess. So here's my... here. Uh, but there's also photographs of Lori in those clothes from when the, the movie ends. You know, when she's uh, on the phone with Michael after he just killed her daughter. So I'm thinking the movie starts there. She gets to the house for her showdown with Mike and he's long gone. He's like, I'm a cave dweller now, bitch. And we get something going on there and then fucking fast forward. Ooh, this, I love this. I, I can't express enough how much I enjoy this risk that we're taking. Because they play it safe with 2018. It was sort of a retelling, violent, violent as fuck. And then Halloween Kills is essentially Halloween 2. You know, it, it follows the same night. It's mostly a hospital. This is going to be the, the biggest jump from what we're used to. And uh, I think that's fucking great. They better, they better answer where he has been for three years. What if they don't? What if it's just, you know, like title screen, Halloween 2021 or 2022, whatever. Yeah, it's going to be 2022. So maybe this girl's been missing for a year. It's going to be four goddamn years. It's going to be four years. Oh, boy. But yeah, what if they hit you with the title card, Halloween, you know, 2022? And it just starts up again. We we just start following Mike for no real reason. He's on the streets. And it's just like, all right, this time, this time I'm going to kill. And because they've, they've backed themselves into a fucking corner here. Because they've shown, they showed us what happened in 1978. They, they showed us the new Loomis actor who runs past Michael on the fucking porch and he's just like, did he kill again? And they arrested him. Like, we saw the aftermath of the original film through the flashbacks in their films. Now, Halloween Kills end ended with the phone call, the real endings in the deleted scenes where she's like, you motherfucker, I'm never gonna stop. I'm gonna kill you. And then she walks out of the hospital to go and get him. Are they not going to show what happens to him? Is he just going to stay in there? Do they Maybe they arrest him again. Maybe they lock him up again and there's another escape. Maybe she gets there and he's obviously long gone. And when do we pick back up with him? Please give me that cave. I talked about it. You know that's all I want. I want him in a cave. Resting and recuperating, doing some thorn magic. Maybe that's why Jamie Lee says, you guys are going to fucking hate this shit. Or whatever she said. Fans are going to hate it, which is great. Yeah, awesome. Two thumbs up. That's what you want to say. <laughs> With a big smile on your face. The, the people that love these movies, they're going to hate it. Then who's it for? The general audiences, they don't care about Mike. They don't give a fuck about Mike. I do. We do. So this uh, answered some questions for Halloween Ends, but it also asked a shit ton more. And when the trailers come out, 
we're going to break them down. We're going to examine them. I'm, I'm, I'm on the case now. Because between that billboard and Jamie Lee saying we're going to hate it, and we've got a three to four year gap, and then they're going to fight again? Like, I got to see that booking. I got to see Dana White, you know, contacting both fighters. Like, do you want to fight again? If we can make a lot of money. I just don't know how it's going to go down. Maybe she's hunting him. Maybe she finds his ass in a cave. And there's a big fight in the cave. I don't know. I don't know. But it's exciting. It It's it's super fucking exciting. So that was my little uh, bit for episode 31. Little Halloween ends news. I always have to pause when I talk about the titles because they're so fucking stupid. I say, yeah, in that movie Halloween. And then my brain has to think about which stupid fucking title it is. Is it Kills or Ends? Kills is the second one. Ends is the third because it's ending. I wish they changed the title. They still have plenty of time. They still have plenty of time. But that's just what we're stuck with, I guess. So let me know if you have any theories on this. Maybe there's an obvious thing that I'm missing, which happens quite often. Uh, anchor.fm slash slashville pod leave a little message on there uh smarten me up if i'm missing something let me know your thoughts theories what are they up to with three fucking years between maybe he's getting fucking jacked maybe he's growing another finger we'll see we will see so before we get into march madness i want to talk about one of my favorite directors one of my favorite modern filmmakers let's talk rob zombie for a few minutes is that all right as everybody turns off the podcast i'm not a fan i'm not a fan this this is the only guy that made john carpenter turn heel on him like you got to go out of your way to be a shithead to have john carpenter go heel on you and he's like i just don't think those originals were really very good my movies are going to be better and then john carpenter didn't give me the nod of approval to do my movies and then john carpenter's like i told him good luck and do your own thing and have fun the fuck's this guy's problem so yeah not a big rob zombie fan love the music like house of a thousand corpses and uh, everything else uh, rob zombie's making a monsters movie and I hear about this fucking movie every other day. Dread Central has an update on the Rob Zombie's monster movie. Oh, here's a a, a vague photo from the set. Oh, here's a casting notice. I I, I think they are co-producing this movie because every other day Dread Central is just slurping this movie. I don't don't get it. And the, the reason I want to talk about it is I think it might be good. I think it might be good. Let's not go that far. Let's not let's not give uh, Rob the benefit of the doubt because he has not earned it. What I'll say is this movie might be vastly different from his other movies because the Munsters movie that Rob Zombie is making is rated PG. What the fuck? He's making a PG movie? And that makes perfect sense for the Munsters. You know, when we heard Munsters, Rob Zombie, we're like, all right, who's getting raped in this one? And who's saying stupid, vulgar shit for no real reason? 
it's PG. Like, that's very interesting because now you got to write, friend. Like, you have to tell a story. Now, luckily, they're not his characters. He gets to play in that play box and, and, and have a good old time with some characters that he probably likes. He probably grew up with that stuff. That's why he's making it. So most of the work was done for him, but you still got to write it. You still got to make a movie that makes sense and is good. And I'm curious to see how he does with the confinements of being PG. Yeah, that threw me through a, for a fucking loop right there. Then I saw, once again, Dread Central. Like, hey, we got another little casting thing for you because we know you really care. Elvira is going to be in this monster's film. And I love Elvira. I love Elvira. I really do. She's awesome. She's a great uh, Instagram follow. She's just a cool, cool lady. And she's not playing Elvira in it. Um, Some other character. Kind of look like a secretary, business lady, something. Um, But just not Elvira. And that's cool. Get get her some work. Get these legends a payday. And Rob is usually good for that. Let's, Let's give the man some credit. He does get these icons paid. That's what I would do, too. So good on you, Rob. And as usual, when it comes to these horror movies, I'm rooting for it. I'm rooting for Rob Zombie. I do want it to be successful. I can't wait to see the trailer because that's going to let us know exactly what we're getting for good or bad. And yeah, Rob Zombie's making a Monsters movie with Elvira in it in a bit role. That's PG. So... 2022 just keeps on getting weirder. Now, it is time for March Murder Weapon Madness. Round number two, The Hateful Eight. We're going to see which four move on here, and it's a tight race. It is a close race. I've struggled all week looking at these matchups. I still don't know who's going to win. I still don't know who's moving on. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do it live here, but before we get into round two, the hateful eight, uh, we have a message that someone left on Anchor. I'm always going on about the Anchor, and when you guys do leave messages, it makes me so happy. So thanks to Kayfabe Jim the other week, and this week big thanks to Bobby, who has some thoughts and predictions on the March Murder Weapon Madness bracket. So let's take a listen. Hello, Dale. Hello, all you slasher villains. Bobby here, longtime listener, first time caller. Wanted to give my two cents about this March Madness bracket that we're all so pumped about. Initially, I voted with my heart. What's more iconic than the blade glove? Nobody else dropping bodies like Freddy. Anyone can grab a kitchen knife, whether he's got big, freakishly large cult of the thorn hands or tiny little doll hands. Even old lady friend of the Christie's can use machetes. But one guy uses that glove. Thinking about it, though, slashing is going to bend them backwards like fake nails. You can only stab with all fingers forward, like artificially inseminating a cow. So I voted with my brain. You changed my mind and sold me on the chainsaw, but not for the reason you think. You asked, who could wield a chainsaw? Big, burly, meaty men. Well, I've got one with a higher body count than Leatherface. Leather to his friends. Ashley J. Williams, housewares. Not only did he wield a chainsaw, he did it with one hand. Not only did he wield a chainsaw with one hand, he made it look good. So I hope chainsaw goes all the way. But lay them all out in front of me. Which one do I take to survive the zombie apocalypse or stop some goddamn teenagers from smoking reefer and bumping uglies? I agree with you on hatchets. They're intimidating, they're useful, and easily concealed. 
up a sleeve, down a sock, or tuck down the back of your pants, and a bad Mamma Jamma could throw one pretty well, too. But I gotta go with a Halligan, or as you put it, the firefighter crowbar thingy. Unmatched for versatility. A solid piece of metal you can use for self-defense. Wrap it in hockey tape and swing it like a bat for crowd control. With a crowbar, a pick, or a hammer on the end. You can even use the hook to get things off the top shelf. Every psycho murderer should have one. You can't beat that value. Shop smart. Shop S-smart. Thanks, Dale. Love you, buddy. Love what you're doing here. Keep it going. You can tell he was worried about getting cut off at the end there. It's like, goodbye, love the show. Bye. Uh, it's one minute, folks. It's one minute messages on that anchor.fm slash your little pod. Uh, so I think Bobby learned that one the hard way. Make it count. And yeah, Chainsaw going all the way is his prediction, citing Ash as an example. Why? Uh, he says, Ash isn't a big meaty man uh, slapping meat. Uh, and I admit that. Absolutely, I admit that. However, however, Ash had to have the goddamn chainsaw attached to the stump on his hand to make it work. Now, who else is going to go through all that effort? That's like that college football quarterback uh, whose scouts said his hands were too small. So he got a fucking machine to stretch his fingers out a little bit to make his hands bigger. Like, that's some extra shit that most people just aren't going to be down with. So if if you lose your hand, you now have that option. But yeah, chainsaw is the prediction. I'm seeing a lot of chainsaw predictions. I'm still seeing a lot of machetes. I don't think anybody's popped for blade glove. Maybe I buried it too hard last week. I went kind of hard on Frederick. It's true. With that out of the way, let's get to the hateful eight and we're going to have a new wrinkle to this round so we're going to look at the horror importance the legacy we're going to look at personal preference which one you would want in a scrap if you had the choice between the two we're also going to be looking at who would win in a one-on-one contest if they were fighting each other if i had one weapon you had the other who's going to win that so that's an added wrinkle for round number two and probably moving forward maybe i'll have another wrinkle next week oh i love when i have a whole seven days between episodes to come up with some fun shit for you guys so here we go the hateful eight our first matchup here is machete the number one seed going up against the eighth seed hook A close quarters combat fight that I would not want anything to do with. (laughs) You're scrapping. You're getting in close and and, and getting bloody real real quick. Personal preference, machete versus hook. I'm going to go machete because I have one. And I've used it and I'm comfortable with it. I do like the ease of the hook. Once again, it has that little grip number. So I, I, I like that. You can do some pulls and, and, and all that stuff still. In a one versus one fight, machete versus a hook. Probably machete. Probably machete, right? If I went with an overhand strike with the machete, you could use the hook. See, the hook is really going to help with defense. The machete is a more aggressive, offensive weapon. And the hook actually has some 
offensive uses and some defensive uses. Hook their leg real quick. Now you got him on the ground. Am I coming around on hook here? Machete versus hook. Moving on to the frightful four. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I just made that up. Uh, and I apologize because that's worse than the hateful eight. Uh, moving on, Machete versus Hook. It is going to be the number one seed. Machete still have uh, the horror icon status. That's Jason's weapon of choice for the most part. Uh, Hook, you really just have Candyman and I Know What You Did Last Summer, fella. So Machete, congratulations. You are a popular choice uh, by a lot of folks and you are going to the Frightful Four. Our next matchup is what I'm calling the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Showdown. Number fourth ranked Chainsaw going against this, the fifth seed, Sledgehammer. Chainsaw versus Sledgehammer. Now, I went pretty hard on Chainsaw last week. Harder to, to wield, you know, like Bobby was saying. You just, you just fucking use it on your stump. Okay. Okay. However, Sledgehammer's... Just as difficult to use, if not hard, it's two-handed, they're both two-handed, and you miss with a sledgehammer, that chainsaw is going to fuck you up. Now, you hit with the sledgehammer, you're pretty much done, whereas with the chainsaw, and we see it in a bunch of movies, you know, you'll get nicked a little bit, ah, you got my arm meat, ah, you got a little bit of my tum-tum, ah, my leg, it's... Rarely a one-shot kills weapon. Now, if they are, you know, if they are down on the ground, pretty much at your mercy, they are, what's the word? Fucked. They are indeed fucked. Um, Preference between chainsaw and sledgehammer. You know, I keep talking about how I'm sort of a weakling, which I'm working on. Sledgehammer, I think I would personally struggle with. I'd have one good attempt or, you know, a couple good attempts. Maybe you swing it around, you know, like a helicopter blade. But if you do you know, like a downward strike with it and you, you miss that, you are in trouble. A chainsaw. Now, I was looking up chainsaws after last week. I was just curious about the sizes. Now, the chainsaw blade is not as long as I thought. Uh, they do make them that are at the length that I thought, which is kind of like silly long. Most of them are actually kind of stubby. And then they make, you know, very specifically small ones. But the length is not as bad as I made it out last week in their little research. And because of that, I think my personal preference, at least, uh, chainsaw, sledgehammer, both on the table, somebody's breaking in. I'm going to grab the chainsaw. I think I'm going to grab the chainsaw. In a one versus one matchup now. Shit. Like I said, you miss with that that sledgehammer. And chainsaw is going to get you. Chainsaw, I think you can play defense a little bit. Somebody's coming at the coming at you with a sledgehammer strike. You can you know, move it aside. Maybe they just... The force... Uh, causes them to lose their grip. Sledgehammer goes flying. Now they're super fucked. Moving on, guys. It is Chainsaw. 
It is Chainsaw. Which is hilarious because in my notes, I had Sledgehammer winning, but we're doing... <laughs> that was that was just the early notes, I guess. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to go Chainsaw, so I got to update that stuff. That's hilarious. Next matchup. Blade Glove, our number two seed. Going against the 10th seed, Axe. Mm. I've been thinking all week about Blade Glove. And if I did it dirty last week, it's not the most user-friendly weapon, but it is unique and it gets points for that. Horror lineage, obviously. Fred. Preference. Blade glove, axe on the table, someone breaking in. <laughs> you know I'm going axe. Unless I'm just trying to scare him, and then it's blade glove. Because you, you break into somebody's house, they're standing there with a Freddy glove. I'm, I'm, I'd be turning around. I'd be like, oh, this is the wrong house. Oh, this isn't... Oh, yeah, this isn't where I wanted to be. I'm sorry. Sorry, you uh, you have fun with your little glove there. Uh, let me just fix that door for you. Put that back on the frame. And have a good day. Now, who would win in a one-on-one -on -one fight? Blade, glove, and axe. This is a sort of a similar situation where the axe, if if you miss, blade glove is gonna go for the kill, so you have to be careful. However, axe has that length, so you can kind of keep a safe distance. You you don't have to commit uh, to to going, you know, so close to the the other person. You can just kind of swing your way inwards until you start hitting that meat. And then you're like, all right, that's where I wanted. Now I'm close enough to get the meat. Meanwhile, they're sticking their blade glove hand out going, come here, I'm trying to get your neck. So I think Axe would probably win in a one-on-one -on -one fight with blade glove. This is, the, this is hard. This was me all week just sitting in silence going, what the fuck do I do with this matchup? Blade Glove, guys, moving on to the Frightful Four. We've got a big upset. Axe, congratulations. You've defeated Freddy Krueger's weapon of choice, and you are moving on. Big upset. The 10th seed just took down the second seed. Oh, I can already hear the Anchor FM firing it up. They said, we're going to need more than one minute, man, because we're taking you to task. And that's fine. And that's fine. If you disagree, let me know why. You know, not just pretty super cool, which he is. I know he's super fucking cool. Uh, but tell me uh, why Blade Glove would defeat the Axe. I'm, I'm curious. I just don't see it happening. Uh, the only thing it has going for it is the horror lineage uh, with, with Freddy. And it is unique as all hell. Uh, the Axe, a lot easier to, to wield. Um, it's usually lighter than a sledgehammer. Like the hammer is heavier because it has the hammer part. Like it's used to pound things in. Uh, so the axe is probably slightly lighter, a little easier to wield. Uh, and I'm just a personal big fan of the fucking axe. So congratulations, axe. Our final matchup in round two of March Murder Weapon Madness. Our third ranked kitchen knife. And our sixth seed, Hatchet. This is another one. All 
week I struggled with. And I didn't mention the hatchet, um, how its importance in horror, you know, specifically the movies, you know, hatchet, uh, Victor Crowley did some work with a hatchet. You, we can all do work with a hatchet, but we can all do work with a kitchen knife. Both are lightweight. Both are one-handed, unless you do want to dual-wield the hatchet. But guess what? I can dual-wield a fucking knife, too. You want to play games with me? You want to do two hands? I got two hands, too. So that's a wash. You can throw a knife, but you can throw a hatchet, too. It's the most popular thing in the world right now. Axe throwing, hatchet throwing. Why don't they call it hatchet throwing? What's the dip? What is the difference? Are those not hatchets? Kitchen knife versus hatchet. All right, let's do the table test. Let's do the break in test. Somebody's breaking in. Am I gonna grab a knife, the kitchen knife, or a hatchet? Now, don't fucking lie to me, and do not lie to yourself, because you know damn well. You're picking up that hatchet. Now, we all love a knife, and if there's nothing else around, you grab the knife. But if you have the choice, oh, you want to break into my place? (laughs) I don't think so. Hatchet. The preference there is probably hatchet. Horror importance. Gotta go kitchen knife once again. Michael Myers, Scream, countless other horror pictures. Hatchet hasn't really had a lot of love. Uh, I, I do think Jason's used a hatchet a couple times. Nobody's really known for a hatchet besides Victor Crowley. Who would win in a one-on-one fight still? Is that a wash? Who is winning that? Who's winning that? Because uh, let's, uh, let's say it's one knife versus one hatchet. You're going after him with the hatchet, swinging it about. I think hatchet wins that, that fight. Like the knife, you like you really have to pick your moment. You have to wait for the perfect opportunity to get that get that stab in. Whereas a hatchet, you can just similar to the axe, because it's a smaller axe, you can just fucking willy nilly up and down, left and right, move in on these people. And what are they gonna do with the knife? You're not gonna deflect my hatchet with your knife. <sighs> But a knife's pretty good. A knife, a hatchet. You can't cut a throat with a hatchet. You can't really throw the the knife, or you can't really throw the hatchet with the accuracy of a knife. Eh, they're probably both similar. I take that back. They're probably both similar on that front. But I do think horror importance and just the fact that they're everywhere. Every home has a kitchen knife. Every restaurant. You can always get your hand on a knife. Moving on to the Frightful Four. Kitchen knife. Barely. God damn. Barely got through there. I, I do feel kitchen knife has has the edge. <laughs> I think it, it, it has just enough over hatchet to move on here so kitchen knife is gonna make it to the frightful four so next week two matchups and this is going to be difficult leave uh your predictions on who who are going to win these matchups we've got still the number one ranked machete going up against fourth ranked 
chainsaw. Machete versus chainsaw. These are two different types of weapons, so this isn't, you know, spear versus pitchfork. Like, though, these are two different beasts. And then we're going to have axe facing off against kitchen knife. Ooh, axe, the 10th ranked. Yeah, that's the lowest seed right there. Or highest seed, I don't know. Uh, The 10th ranked axe and the third seed kitchen knife. Ooh, what if axe goes all the way? Come on, axe, I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for, I love an upset. Uh, That's what makes March Madness so much fun. So that is your updated bracket for March Murder Weapon Madness. Uh, Like I said, hit up that anchor fm slash slash reveal pod. Let me know who, who's going to move on if I drop the ball on any of these. Because at the end of the day, there's really no wrong answer. These these are the best of the best now. After the first round, and we got Spear out of here, Crowbar, or whatever, Hall- Halliburton, whatever. These are the best of the best. So really no wrong answers. I'm trying not to just make it personal preference. I'm trying to give everybody an honest shot. Just let me know uh, if I missed the boat on that. And next week, the Frightful Four. Now let us move on to Slasherville Presents Beetlejuice 2. We're going to pitch a sequel to Beetlejuice. I had all week to do it. Um, We're not going to get to Scary Ghostbusters this week. I am going to tell you that right now. I got the new rats. It took up a lot of my time and focus. And then I got lost doing Beetlejuice too. I'm sorry. But that gives us something to look forward to next week. Besides two pitches in one show. Come on. Spread it out. That was bad booking on my end. Two cage matches on one card. What is this shit? So next week we're going to do Scary Ghostbusters. And I've got some really good ideas for that. I just want to flesh them out a little bit. But let's do... Beetlejuice 2, what we would do, studio comes to us, they say, we heard uh, your Slasherville podcast, uh, you do some screenwriting, is that right? Well, how about Beetlejuice 2? And it's a loose pitch, I don't have the details down to you know every scene or anything, uh, but I wanted to start the conversation by pointing out something that I think gets lost with Beetlejuice, is that Beetlejuice, the character, is the bad guy. He's the bad guy. He is the villain. Now, he's charming and funny as hell in that picture, but he is the bad guy. They call him in. They regret it. At the end, Barbara has to get a sandworm to fucking eat him alive, sends him to the waiting room down there. Like, he's thwarted. The villain gets conquered. He is the villain. So I I do think that gets lost, and... It's sort of important in our pitch here, so I wanted to bring that up early. Now, we are going to assume it's present day, like I said, our little fantasy scenario. The producers come to us. So we've got Michael Keaton, who's getting older. We've got Winona Ryder, who's no longer a teenage Lydia. You know, she's grown now. She's crazy, Stranger Things grown now. And the easy way out for these movies it'll be about Lydia's kids no Lydia does not have kids this is not that movie in fact Lydia cannot have kids how about that you want to get dark let's get dark this is not that movie we I can't do kids I I just won't I won't do it now in the original film 
Barbara and Adam die. And then they haunt their house. Sheets and all this shit. Which, by the way, because I just watched it. What the fuck is up with their death? Like, it's so random, right? Am I missing something here? It's all about that dog. They're driving to the model shop or hardware store or whatnot, and they pass the dog. You know, like, oh, that's weird that that dog's there. And then later, they like have a little fucking accident on the bridge, and the dog's like, hey, bye. Like, what the fuck? It's, it, it's pretty random, and... I don't know, just, I don't really get it, so if I'm missing something, let me know. Uh, Whenever I have those thoughts when I watch Beetlejuice, I just write it off to cocaine use. Once again, the the writer of Beetlejuice uh, has admitted several times that he was high as fuck writing Beetlejuice, and it shows in all of its glory. So if there's ever something in Beetlejuice that you don't quite get, cocaine. Also, random note for our Beetlejuice 2 movie. Lydia will be visited by a Girl Scout as a little nod to the musical. It would be so adorable. It's my favorite song in the Beetlejuice musical. Um, If you've never seen it or listened to the soundtrack, do so. Specifically that song, Little Girl Scout shows up and she sings a little song to herself about how she's sickly and she can die at any moment like all it takes is one good scare and she's fucking donezo which is great because you're just setting up the scene where it's like well you're gonna get scared real bad because you're knocking on Lydia's door and it's hilarious it's a hilarious song and we would have something similar uh, just as a little nod to the musical I, th- I think they like that and you know who else would like that producers they're like oh he knows he knows about the musical this is great Actually, it makes him a mark. You know about the business? Ugh, we don't hire fucking marks. We, if we hire non-fans, we want somebody that's never heard of Beetlejuice. We want somebody that writes soap operas. Sorry. Going to a wrestling rant right there. In our movie, it starts with Lydia by herself. Like I said, maybe some, some romantic difficulties... Uh, because she is the way that she is, which is fine. Maybe she's okay with it. We'll iron that out. But like I said, no kids. Maybe that's part of the story. Maybe it isn't. But I don't want to go too far with that because, spoiler, Lydia dies. Lydia is basically going to take on that role that Barbara and Adam had in the first movie. Also, Barbara and Adam... Probably not in this. We can write them out. They moved on. You know, they did their piece. We'll figure it out. Because I I don't think old Baldwin's going to be doing movies anytime soon. Uh, Maybe we can get Gina Davis. Because I'd love to work with Gina Davis. That would be great. Uh, But we're probably just going to write them out. And Lydia dies pretty early. Similar spot. Maybe a little bit longer. uh, Closer to the end of Act 1. And we didn't figure out why and the how, you know, because that dog thing, like we can, we can do something random like that. We can have it actually make sense. We can put some meaning behind it. The handbook for the recently deceased appears and she finds herself in, in that similar 
uh, situation. Like, this doesn't really catch her off guard because she was friends with ghosts. So she knows. So the handbook is there uh, in her house. And maybe she reads it. Maybe she ignores it. You know, she hates it. You know, whatever. But it's there. But we probably don't use it right away because Lydia's going to find herself in her house and she knows she has to haunt it. But this time it's not from a place of pride or territorial dispute. Like Barbara and Adam, they're just like, this is our goddamn house. They're fucking it all up with their weird art. This time she's going to haunt them. She's going to do her haunting because the person moving in is a legitimate threat to her. Now, the new owner of her house is aware of the house's history. Same house, by the way. I forgot to mention that. Same house, because isn't that fun? Maybe it's more dilapidated. Remember how it looked kind of good? Maybe it's truly haunted house, and she's haunted house lady, and maybe that's why she has her issues. But the person that buys her house knows all about this goddamn house. What happened there all those years ago with Beetlejuice? Because the new owner is Otho's son. He was the the family's little paranormal researcher, interior designer lackey. uh, That fucking goofball weirdo whose character introduction is him entering the house through the window... For some reason, I never understood that. Why is he coming in through the window? Cocaine. This is his son who's just as weird, who's just as metrosexual as he is. And he's also black, which I think is fun. Because you can go with, you know, his wife is black or he and his partner adopted maybe. You can do whatever you do whatever you want. But give me give me a, a black Otho Jr. Uh, I think I think that could be a, a good time. Now the problem that Lydia faces here is this guy can't be scared. He's purposely buying this house. He knows all about it, uh, so he can't really be scared. But his family can. They're not really on board with what he's doing. So she does scare the shit out of them. Which she feels bad about. Um, which it's cute because we like Lydia. We don't want her to be a full blown heel. I also like the family arriving before uh, Junior. I'm just gonna call him Junior from now on, so we can see Lydia showcase her scare tactics. Because you know Lydia would be a good ghost. She's got experience. You know she learned from some vets. She'd scare the shit out of these people. So if we can somehow. Right then that they get in there before Junior arrives. Or maybe, how about this, how about this? Just a different, different owners altogether. Like a, just a different family, a nice family. Maybe not, maybe not nice. Once again, we don't want her hurting nice people. Maybe they're dicks. And she scares the shit out of them and they, they move. Maybe even another family. And Lydia's crushing it, killing it uh, as a ghost. And then Junior and his family move in, and then we can get things going. I think that would work. I think that'd be a, a fun little sequence. The other problem that Lydia's going to have, besides the fact that she can't really scare Junior and his family all that much, is that Junior's trying to trap Lydia. 
Ghostbusters style. Hey, how about a crossover? Woo! He's trying to capture her. Uh, and he actually gets really close to doing it. Because that was sort of a subplot in, in the first one. They were like, oh, we'll, we'll fucking uh, theme park. It'll be a theme park. And we'll capture these ghosts and we'll make them do what we want. It's the whole fucking plot of the movie. This, but in, you know, maybe it, maybe he has a different motive. Maybe it's a similar motive. Maybe he's just going to pick up where his, his dad left off, but, you know, nail it. But I, I love that they wrote the original uh, Otho as a paranormal researcher. They say it. He's like, who's this guy? And he's like, he's my interior decorator and paranormal researcher, Otho. Which <laughs> doesn't make sense. Cocaine. So that is, is going to bring some tension, uh, so, some scares. Who's going to win this this little fight? Like I said, he does get really close to doing it um, to the point where like she's half in the trap. There's like a big fight scene. Like let's just call it proton packs and stuff for the for the sake of making this easy to digest. But like she's half in the trap, the containment trap and all that. And she's desperate and she is forced to do something that she cannot believe. She says his name three times. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. But he doesn't come. He does not show up, which freaks her the fuck out because she's being trapped. Somehow she's she's gonna fight him off, you know, fucking pocket sand, something, something. We'll we'll write it. We'll set something up earlier, and it will pay it off right there. She'll fight him off, uh, and is able to escape uh, in that moment. And it just leaves her wondering, what the fuck? Where is he? Then we cut to Beetlejuice. Still in the same waiting room where the original movie ended. And even the shrunken head guy is still there. The witch doctor's gone because he was like number four. So he was next up in that movie. So there's no way, timeline-wise, it makes sense for him to be there. But why not? Shrunken head guy uh, can fucking be there. And we can have some other... Uh, new, recently deceased in there, which brings me up to the monsters and the ghosts. I love the unique monsters and ghosts in Beetlejuice, the creatures and stuff. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You have the guy who got ran over, who's flat, uh, the suicide receptionist, the guy who smoked himself to death. You have all these cool effects, all these cool creatures. Uh, so we'll have some new recently departed to play with. We can have a Boy Scout leader with an arrow in his eye. We can have old man with rabid cat still attached to his face. Uh, we can just have a fucking good time coming up with some goofy uh, creatures who had some unfortunate yet hilarious deaths. I think that's just a blast. What unique uh, recently departed would you have in the movie? What do you think would be a good one in that waiting room? Leave me a message. So in the original, when they are touring this purgatory DMV, uh, Adam and Barbara are taken on a little tour. And they are shown a room of lost souls. And it looked like the worst place to possibly be. And this is where Beetlejuice is sentenced. He has a little come-to-Jesus meeting uh, with his caseworker, uh, who's not Juno, not Juno, not this time. Juno was uh, 
Barbara and Adam's caseworker, no, 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 no. Beetlejuice's caseworker is a real son of a bitch. A real hard ass. And he's kind of, or she, uh, is going to be one of our main villains, this caseworker. Ooh, they're going to be causing some trouble. Uh, and we learn more about some of this underworld bureaucracy stuff, this, you know, DMV sort of place, and how they even control what houses you can haunt. And that's why you have to haunt the house that you died in. And you can't leave it, otherwise sandworms get you. Uh, and some ghosts, like, ghosts hate that. Like, some of them want to travel and haunt other places and vacation. And it, it gets boring in one spot, but tough shit. That's what the underworld government says. So fucking deal with it. So at this point in the movie, Lydia is going to use uh, the book for the recently deceased, the handbook for the recently deceased. She's going to draw the door on the wall. She's going to draw the knob. She's going to knock three times. And she's going to go down there and she'll learn some of this information. And she's going to dive deep into this room of lost souls. And it is an utter nightmare. The grimmest imagery. And even the sounds are uncomfortable. And she ends up pulling him out because she needs the best. This Otho Jr. is a legitimate threat. And she needs the big guns. Because she asks first. She's like, I got this guy. He's a fucking Ghostbuster. Can I get some help? And they're like, eh, it's on you. And she's like, well, where's where's Beetlejuice? And she's like, oh, he's in the Lost Souls room. He'll never, be, he'll never get him. And she's like, you don't know what I'm capable of. You don't know who I am. I'm Lydia Dietz. And she pulls him out. And she sort of has a revelation also in this moment, well, maybe a little bit later, we don't want to overdo it, uh, that if she can pull Beetlejuice out of the Lost Souls room, maybe they can pull the rest out, showcasing themes of nobody is truly lost. So, you know, you can always turn it around. And then we have our Beetlejuice Lydia team up for a little bit. Now, don't forget Beetlejuice is a heel, so he's going to betray you at some point. But for now, let's have some fun. This movie's going to be 97 minutes long. And this is just a little, little fun sequence where they're going to scare the shit out of Junior's family. They're going to scare the shit out of Junior. And it's not easy. To the point, he becomes numb to it. it to the point, they can't scare him. He gets his family out of there. He says, all right, this is going next level so he gets his family out of there so it's just otho jr in there now and he's just living with it you know they're scaring him left and right he's like yeah whatever go fuck yourself and that is going to make things a little harder now beetlejuice is at risk because junior's still trying to trap him and Beetlejuice just like ah, i think i might get the fuck out of here <laughs> but they stay strong and beetlejuice comes up with a pretty dangerous idea is like listen up we're gonna we're gonna scare him th this way and like I said, it's really dangerous because Beetlejuice hurts people. He hurt people in the first movie. The dad took a fucking balcony bump in the first movie. So it's a similar situation here where the scare kind of gets out of hand and Otho Jr. gets hurt real bad, leaving him in a coma. What they established in the first film is time moves pretty fast in the underworld. Like you look over here for five seconds, that was like a week. So this guy gets put in a coma. 
And before you know it, the house is sold, new family moves in. Uh, Lydia has to deal with the guilt of the situation. She feels terrible. She want, she didn't want to fucking her died in coma. It's terrible. Uh, Beetlejuice obviously doesn't give a shit. Uh, and this is when Lydia decides, and maybe this is where we, we bring it back. Lydia decides to free the people in the lost souls room as penance. Um, and Beetlejuice agrees, and we don't know exactly why. Uh, spoilers, he's going to betray her. And then they go back down into the underworld, where, believe it or not, they run into Otho Jr., who's in a coma. He's down there, in like half in, half out, ethereal spirit form. And he reads them the riot act. And you suddenly aren't that mad that they caused his death. You're like, fucking finish the job. This guy's the worst. Ugh. Jeez. And Lydia, Beetlejuice, and probably a new character or two uh, are going to team up for this essentially like prison break, this little heist. Um, they want to get in this soul's room and free these lost souls. So they're going to need help. And I think the help that they'll need is going to put them in some uh, situations that are going to be fun for us, like the, the desert where the sandworm is, maybe they have to go into that world to get a fucking sandworm tooth. Or there's oh, there's this thing that we need that's in this desert and we, oh, avoid this. Like, you know, just give them a reason to go to these places uh, so we can have a good time with our Beetlejuice movie. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Also, while this is happening, Beetlejuice's caseworker is real pissed off. Uh, Beetlejuice is not supposed to be out and about. He is not supposed to be out and about. So he's sending goons and spirits at Lydia and Beetlejuice pretty much the moment uh, Beetlejuice is freed. So even while they're scaring Junior, they also have to deal with this other threat because, uh, you know, you got to have some threats. You got to have some drama, some stakes. Um, so I think that would help the cause there. And one of the goons, I think, could be Death death itself who gets distracted easily and just starts killing other people he's just like a fucking tornado just it's like don't get in my way because you're dead so he's he's he kind of comes in and out but is easily distracted uh unavoidable however if you're in like a hallway with him like you're just kind of in trouble now now like i said beetlejuice is still a villain in this he's going to do some shady stuff he just so happens to need Lydia and this new gang of folks uh, as well in this moment. So they're going to use each other and then he's going to hit him with a betrayal. Uh, just like the wedding in the first movie. He's like, yeah, I'll help you. And, uh, we'll get married. Uh, and I, I think um, by the end of it, because they're going to get the things, they're going to get the help. They're going to try to get the, get the lost souls. And Beetlejuice is going to have a one-on-one -on -one showdown with his caseworker, which will be a lot of fun. And I, I, I don't know. For some reason, I see Beetlejuice cutting a babyface promo on how it doesn't work to label these people lost souls or, or to label anybody like good or bad. Uh, you know, People are complicated, and it doesn't work that way. Uh, I think he could give a, a good speech and then do something shitty to, you know, make up for that good speech. But by the end of the film, Beetlejuice and Lydia and this new gang of friends are going to destroy this underworld bureaucracy. They're going to free 
these lost souls because that's how you send the crowd home happy. That's just good booking. And, you know, and then at the end, you know, when she, uh, the, uh, the first movie, you know, Lydia's dancing to the song and she's floating and everything's super cool. So we're, maybe we're at that point and Lydia and Beetlejuice are wondering where they want to haunt next because now you're not confined to one house. You can ha- you can haunt wherever you want. You can transport anywhere. Where do you want to go? And Beetlejuice says he's always wanted to go to Hawaii. So there it is. There's your fucking Beetlejuice goes to Hawaii. I always wanted to go to Hawaii. Huh? So that is pretty much Slasherville presents Beetlejuice 2. Lydia takes on the role as the ghost. We get Beetlejuice back doing Beetlejuice things. We'll come up with a reason why. He'll have his heel turn moment, and then he'll go back to a face. Like I said, he'll give a baby face promo. Because um, Beetlejuice is a fucking complicated character. God damn. And problematic as well. You watch that first movie. It's like, stop groping. You can't do all that groping. So I'll, I'll leave you with this for Slasherville Presents Beetlejuice 2. What if, instead of Otho Jr., it was Ray Stans? Next week, we are going to continue March, Murder Weapon, Madness, The Frightful Four. Can't wait to see those matchups. It's If you thought this was a tight round... I'm going to be pulling my fucking hair out next week. That's going to be so difficult. Uh, Patreon. You know I'm plugging the Patreon. Uh, get the, the Leprechaun Movie Breakdown commentary track is up there. And coming out on St. Patrick's Day is a Patreon-exclusive video uh, regarding Friday the 13th, I'll say. Uh, get on the Patreon. It's 5 bucks a month. Helps out the show. Helps me out. Helps keep the roads paved in Slasherville. And of course, follow our socials at Slasherville Pod, mostly active on Instagram and Facebook. And as usual, leave a message on anchor.fm slash Slasherville Pod. Who's moving on in the tournament? Thoughts on Beetlejuice 2? Uh, you know, come up with a creature. Uh, give me a reason for the betrayal. What else is going on in that underworld? Uh, let me know anything you want, because I'll fucking play it. Otherwise, that is going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to get working on this Ghostbusters pitch. <laughs>